Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. This show is for socially conscious leaders, entrepreneurs, CEO founders that have found success but they yet they don't have the ideal life that they would like. And what we're gonna do is bring in concepts and systems so that we can increase business with millions of additional revenue while lowering our work hours, ideally below 40 hours a week. We call this more business, more life. And it's an and, not an or. We don't have to have either or. We can actually systemize this to have both. And those are the concepts we're going to come with each episode. Sometimes we might talk a little bit more about business, sometimes more life, most of the time, both. (laughs) So welcome to the show. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about our feelings. Yes, feelings. Those things we're told to like squash down, but we're going to go even deeper than just talking about feelings. We're going to, how do you discern the feelings of your comfort zone, the things that keep us into what we're used to instead of trying new things and feeling out and going towards the success we want and the feelings that are actually alarms going off, telling us, don't go that way. It's going to hurt. And how do you know? How do you know the difference? It gets all murky and foggy and we don't know. So we're all going to share our personal stories and how we found ways to navigate this and in different ways. You know, the four of us on this show, Melissa Barrett, Stephanie Vetter, Giovanni Godina, and myself, Steve Dalbaton, are going to all share our personal stories because they're completely different how all four of us have taken and navigated our feelings to make a better life. So let's jump in. And we talk about feelings on this show a lot because I think they're underrated. A lot of people, we stifle those feelings. Oh, you know, that we're not thinking well if we're in those emotional states and you know sometimes we do have to give ourselves space to go through some really deep emotions but we also want to talk about the subtle emotions the subtle ones that are directing us in different ways on a daily basis on a hourly basis on a minute by minute basis and then we really want to focus on the discernment like as we become more aware of our feelings and we allow ourselves to feel it What comes up a lot is, okay, we talk about, Steve, you talk about these feelings, but how do I know the difference between like staying in my comfort zone because something doesn't feel right? And we say right, quote unquote, right for actually something that just does, that is feeling unknown. And then what actually is the feeling of not going that way? And the reason that that comes up for those of you that haven't heard us talk about this when we feel something and if something doesn't feel good and we're starting to feel pain and experience pain and experience the things we don't want, that's part of our life telling us don't go this way. Just like you would experience the external. If you put your hand towards a fire, your body would naturally want to pull away. You would have to force yourself to put your hand in the fire and, and we're kind of taught to ignore those signals in a day to day uh, life. We, you know, we notice those big things, but what about the smaller things? And then the key thing of what this discussion will be, how do we then discern between what is, you know, staying in the quote unquote normal of our life? You know, and I say quote unquote, cause like what is normal, but it's what I guess the better words to use is what we're used to. That's what it is. Like we get used to something and our, our body and our system, even our mind is like, oh, this works. We know we survived this, you know, part of it. We are, we are creatures on this planet and part of our brain is to keep us alive, you know, like quite literally. So when things become part of us and become part of our rituals and our activities, even if we know they're not good enough, like the frontal lobe, the part of our brain that makes us different from other animals on this planet is that we can dream, we can think, we can see things to be better. And that creates a pain in itself because 
you have part of your brain that's like, yeah, let's go have this great life. And the other part of your brain is like, nah, let's just stay right here. Like, we know this works. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah, we, it would be nice to have a new couch, but you know, this one works. Why mess with it? You know? So how do we pick those apart? You know, and Stephanie, maybe you can articulate on this more. You were reminding me of something that I shared with you about, you know, even going to the word fear, because ultimately that word will come to be a part of this conversation. But what are we actually fearing because it is bad, right? Like it's a safety mechanism. And what is just fearing the unknown? Right. That was definitely something that stuck with me during a past, you know, session, like a group session that we had had. And I think we went kind of deep on that and like what's the difference between you know something that's scary which like you said can be interpreted as fear like is there a fear around making a change is there a fear around trying something new and is that real like is it a perceived fear that is based off of like something could be bad about what I'm about to do like what is the fear around is it that this thing is something new that's like outside of the comfort zone that we just haven't tried before, we haven't done before, or it's a really big thing, or it might not even be big. It might be just like, oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try paddleboarding. <laughs> I'm going to try speaking in public. Or like for me, like I'm going to try uprooting my entire life and moving 100 miles away and totally starting over. Like, you know, and what comes with that? Is it just, is it scary? Like there's going to be actual harm that's going to come to us or our family or our loved ones or our finances or whatever? Or is it actually just that we, it's not, not, it's not our normal. It's, it's just new. So I think just dissecting the scariness, like the fear and trying to really take a look and figure out where is this coming from? Is this anxiety or this stress or whatever that I'm feeling? Like what is bringing it about? Is it real or is it perceived? And what does that look like? So being able to kind of have that lens on stuff, I think really helped me change my decision-making, my openness to try new things, having, like we talked about a lot, just awareness around a feeling or an action or something like that really helps you start to figure out how you feel about it and what you want to do about it. So that's, that's what came up for me, for sure. It comes up all the time, actually. <laughs> so I, I always think about when we talked about that because it's really useful. Yeah, it goes back to that saying, success doesn't always feel normal. You know, we think, oh, I'm going to go for the success. And many of us, including myself in periods of my life, I've stifled my success because I'm like, oh, something's not right. And you get into that right or wrong. But the reality I found is that we, how do we know what success feels like? Most of the time, our success in our mind is something that we don't have. It's a goal that we've set but we've never achieved yet. It's that next big step of our life, that next big dream, the next thing that we want. And we go towards that. And then what happens, this fear pops up because we're like, whoa, what the heck? What is this? You know, because we've never been there before. So our body is reacting to the unknown. I say our body, but it is. And our, our mind, you know, like our, our whole physicality is re re having this, you know, so it's physical, it's emotional, it's mental. We're, you could even say it gets spiritual too. You're having this moment of, of newness and then somehow that it computes and gives a message of wrong or dangerous inside the mind when re the reality is it's just something new. It's, it's not dangerous. But I think the key thing that you said to pick on Stephanie and maybe to open up to Melissa and Giovanni too is that. I think it's slowing down enough. I think the reason that we railroad over these things and we just go through them is because we don't give ourselves time. So how do we know the difference between what, what fear is it? Is it the fear of unknown or is there actually some real true danger is, is pausing. So I think the first I'm making a step, not that we're making a procedure out of this podcast just yet, but I guess in my mind, in order to work with what we're talking about, the first step is to s slow down enough to see wh which fear is this. So when you notice it, it's kind of like noticing a fire and you're almost going to touch it. You don't just like, you shouldn't just like blaze through it. Pause. How do I get around this fire? Or is there a fire? That's the thing we're talking about. Is there actually a fire? We thought there was, but there isn't. 
I'm sure our team has some great things to think about, but what came up, I know you opened it into them, but I, this is so, so real for me right now too, especially what you said about like success not feeling normal. And I think you're right, just taking the time to notice. And I think when it's a big decision, we do stop and we do put a lot of thought into it. But what if we applied that same sort of, you know, awareness or intention to some of the smaller things that, you know, a lot of small things could add up to to big things that we want in our life. But even just, you know, being in this house now, something I dreamed about for so long. So just moved, just got in. It's been like less than two weeks and it's everything that I dreamt about and wanted for so long. And it's still scary. Like you would think, okay, I got the thing that I wanted and it's amazing and it's so many things, but it's still like, oh my God, do I deserve this? Like, am I worthy of this? And I just had this huge like release. Everybody left me alone in the house for some reason. I don't know what they went to do, but I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and then the fear is still there a little bit. So I think if I didn't have that training and I didn't know that, okay, this is just coming up from something being new. And, but it was, it was scary at first. Like, oh my gosh, I got what I wanted. Now what? Can I maintain this thing that I wanted? Like it does get a little, I don't know how quite how to articulate it, but it's an interesting sort of phenomenon that happens. And you really do have to go, okay, this is not scary. This is really good. And here's why. And like put some thought around it. And like for me, I just brought gratitude in really big to help like, calm me down because I was like, oh my God, what if I can't make a mortgage payment? Oh my gosh, what is going to happen? All the what ifs kind of come in. But that is just from some fear that's like not really there. It's so evident with big things. That's why it's easy. Right. And it's and that's where I think it started for me too. You know, it's all this, but then now it's like little things I I start to notice, you know, and and I'll I'll start to think of some examples, but before I dive any deeper, I guess how do you notice this in your life, Melissa and Giovanni? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I think Stephanie's example of, you know, the mortgage payment, that's real life, right? I mean, that's a big thing. But I think, so for me, just to transition to to my journey in terms of just, you know, identifying the fact that my husband had passed away and I had to figure out really kind of what my life was. What is my purpose now as this single widow person, as opposed to being part of a couple where you have this partnership and, you know, what's interesting to me is I remember, you know, lots of times that Steve would say to me like, oh, you should, you know, have you thought about doing this? Or, you know, because Steve is one of those people that's like, you're the captain of your plane, but I can give you some thoughts about, hey, where you might want to fly. And what was interesting to me is he would be like, have you thought about this? Or have you thought about that? And I'd be like, no. And then I started realizing how often I would say no to like anything that somebody asked me. And I remember specifically this wonderful, wonderful person at my church. She goes, hey. And I mean, I think she was like, hey, your husband just passed away. Maybe you need like a girl's week to just get away. And she was like, we're going to the Bahamas. We have the place. You know, they have this gorgeous house. And the first thing in my mind when she asked me, is like, no, I'm good. <laughs> and then I just asked, I was like, what am I saying no to? Like, why am I saying no all the time? Because it's easy to just be comfortable and just, you know, like, oh, I'll just work or I'll just do this. But for me, it was like, OK, let's just step outside of your comfort zone because, I mean, I knew her, but I didn't know all the rest of the people that were going to be there. And I think sometimes you kind of go, well, like, I don't know these people, you know, they're like her friends or, you know, yeah. and, you know, I'm going to be there kind of stuck. What if, you know, whatever. And so but I just I found myself constantly saying no. And so I just asked myself and, you know, Shonda Rhimes has a book called Say Yes, where she was. She would say yes to her child. The child wanted to play. She'd say, yes, you know, let's go play. Or, you know, she wanted to be on the floor. She'd be on the floor. If You know, she she just did a year of yes. 
And so I was like, you know, I should just say yes. And then I found myself constantly outside of my comfort zone. And then I realized the more I got out of my comfort zone, I may as well just stay outside of my comfort zone because nothing bad was happening to me. (laughs) But at the end of the day, there was nothing. I mean, I was having these great experiences that I had never had. I was meeting people that I probably would never meet. And so it it became kind of fun for me just to to say, well, what else can I do that's outside of my comfort zone? Because it's okay. It's going to be fine. You know, I've always had a job, worked in corporate. You know, you're going to have your own company and do your own thing. Like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) To me, it became that, okay, like, you know, take one step at a time. Just keep going. Yeah. So you basically became comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you also registered in your mind, that part of your mind that that uncomfortness is was unsafe now became safe it's like oh we survived this so once you do it a handful of times you notice you survived it and then it became yes normal normal. now yeah like you can do it that's so big i think that's where like even the words she said experiences like that's what opens you up to different experiences so if you want different experiences in your life you have to start saying yes to different things that you wouldn't normally say yes to. And I think that's where I was at. I was sort of stuck in this place of having always having one dream and like having it feel so far away. It was like, I need to start saying yes to different things so that I could have this vision or this experience that I wanted. And so I think that it can be really scary. Like you're, you in some cases have to leave all the things that you know to be true. But if those things aren't really working for you or getting you to where you want to be, then you have to say yes to the things that you don't normally say yes to. So I think that's so huge, the way you put that. And I think the yes day thing, my kids have been asking me for a yes day for so long. (laughs) I think I'm going to have to cave in and give them one because there was a movie, I think it just came out or recently, it was called Yes Day, like Jennifer Garner. And she was like the no mom. She's like, I used to be so yes about life. It even shows that in the trailer. She said yes to everything. And you show her like rock climbing and like, trying new foods and doing all of these things. And she was a yeah. And then she became a mom. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, like, no, 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 can't do that. And in the interest of keeping her kids safe and like keeping everybody safe. But really it was like hurting and damaging their relationships, like the kids' ability to grow, their freedom of expression, all that stuff. And so they just went and like had this epic yes day. And some of the stuff I was like, you can't say yes to that. Like that can't be a thing, but that's the rules. Like you can't say no to anything for an entire day. And it turns out that like what they really want is just time with you. Like, yeah, some of the things were extravagant, like pizza for breakfast. Sure. But when I asked my daughter like what she would want, it was just it wasn't anything crazy. So it's it's interesting how things change so dramatically just by saying yes. You have like a pre-submission form (laughs) to see what's allowed on the sheet. (laughs) That's the thing. You have to be okay with like just opening it up completely. No rules. What would you like? And it's interesting to see, you know, what people want. Wild, right? I mean, talk about extreme flexibility. And that's what's really hard when you're go, 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 you know, like it's to even fathom those things. Like, because you, in that sense, even more, you, how do you say yes, if you have to go to work or something like that, like then what happens? So, you know, so this goes back to our own freedom, right? Do we have freedom to say yes? Are we giving ourselves freedom, let alone our children, right? Like giving that amount of freedom. Yeah, Giovanni, jump in on this, please. Yes. So I was going to play devil's advocate because why not when Stephanie said it, but she said something that like, it was like, oh, okay. Because the yes, I think is good if you always say no to certain things. But then if you're a person who always says yes to things, saying no can give you the same thing. And I think it goes both ways, right? It's like, like what you're just about what you're just saying, Steve, is if you're busy and you have to go to work, but like that's all you ever say yes to is work kind of a thing, then it's like, okay, you need to say no to that thing. And it's not like, I don't know, I think it's, it's just so nobody gets like the wrong idea. It's not just blatantly, I think, just saying, you know, all right, well, screw it. I'm just going to walk away from everything right today and just going to do this thing. It's like we, what we talk about is like planning, right? That's what we talk about plan tomorrow, today. Or just to have, plan your fun first. 
kind of a thing. It's like when you structure it in there, it makes it easier to have that kind of a thing. And so like, so that's what I would just say, like this, the devil's advocate is just like saying no to certain things if you're a yes person. Like I know people who, I think most of you are kind of like this. You say yes to a lot of people asking you to do stuff, right? And it takes up, took up a lot of your time of things that you wanted to do, right? So it's like, then it's learning to say no to certain things, not saying that you can't help people, but it's, I think we might've talked about this in the podcast before, but it's like, it's like almost that selfishness, quote unquote, of taking care of yourself first, right? Saying yes, yeah, saying yes to you, right? I think that's important. And then saying no, because I, I always remember the quote from, I think it's both Steve Jobs and Warren Buffett. And they say, you know, Warren Buffett was like something like, you know, he says no to like 90, 90% of the things that come across his desk to invest in. And Steve Jobs, most, what was it? Like the most thing he's proud of the most with any of the products were the ones that he said no to, that he could have just built whatever, but he said no to. And like, so the ones that he did say yes to meant something kind of a thing extreme we tend to get in trouble right if you're all the way one way or all the way the other way that's when things start to that we start to lose something else because you're trying to make it an absolute and any absolute then there's a lack of something else right that's why even in yin and yang just as an illustration and proverbs from the past that you know even in the most black part there's still white and even in the most white part there's still black and even they're swirling towards it, you know? So like as the bigger part of the white is getting closer to the black, it catches the tail of the black and then it spins. It's like this cyclical thing. And I think I think sometimes we do something extreme just to feel what it feels like. It's kind of like, how what does my radio sound like all the way up? And what does it sound like all the way down? And then, okay, I got to find the just right. It's, you know, kind of like Goldilocks, right? It's, this is too cold. This is too hot. This is just right. And that just right is different for all of us, but how, but back to the whole thing, how do you ever find that if you don't try? But I love the point, Giovanni, you can't just live in that absolute, I'm going to burn my mouth every day with hot porridge because I always ate cold porridge my whole life. Now I'm going to burn my tongue off. Like, okay, that doesn't make any sense either, <laughs> you know? But, but we could try it hot one time and then go, oh, wow, that's too hot for me. I, I, but I would like to try warm, you know? So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to have an expression of gratitude right now for Pro Audio Voices. They're the ones that uh, produce my podcast and Becky and her team are amazing. And for those of you that know me, I'm all about WOW clients, WOW partners, and Pro Audio Voices is a WOW partner for me. And if you want to learn more, you can go to proaudiovoices.com and you can learn about them. They also do audiobooks and they're just amazing people. Thank you, Becky. I also remember during that time frame, I read a book called, and I think I brought it up before, called Chase the Lion by, I think the guy's name is Mark Batterson. And he talks about, I mean, I always kind of, I mean, faith is important to me. So stepping out on faith, you hear that a lot, like you got to step out on faith. But, you know, what was interesting to me is his book was really about, you know, it's based on 2 Samuel 23, where the literally an ancient warrior goes down into a pit with a lion and kills it. And, you know, you start really thinking of that, like, first of all, who would go down into a pit with a lion? Like, I mean, what are you thinking, right? And then to be able to kill it, you know what I mean? Like, wow. And so I started thinking about stop living in fear, but really kind of live in your purpose. He talked a lot in, in his book about if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. And, you know, really about living your purpose, which is pretty interesting. So to me, you know, when we start talking about really just focusing on your dreams and being okay with just being nervous and feeling that discomfort, but stepping into the discomfort, really leaning in to it and embracing it. And you, you would be surprised how much you gain from that new experience that you're having. 100%. Because otherwise you'll go through life and then one day wake up, oh, I wish I would have done that. And how many 
times have we heard that story, right? And and who out there listening is living that? And what points of our life have we lived that complacency? I think everyone does for certain periods of time. I mean, maybe there's someone out there that had the tenacity from a very young age and they never look back. Maybe, maybe there's someone out there. Probably, I mean, the likelihood there's probably someone, but or or maybe they've had some points where they they hesitated. I think ultimately it's just noticing is, is I, I, it's such a key word. I mean, we bring it up all the time. Just give yourself space to notice. And, you know, and I love that you brought up the lion because I can't remember who I heard say this, I'm sure, but this is not words for me. I heard it somewhere. I, I, I can't quote where it comes from and I've heard it in many different places. So I think other people are quoting whoever originated this, but they say, what's scarier than getting attacked by a lion? And then the answer to that is worrying about getting attacked by a lion. There isn't even a lion. There, you know, we're not slipping into the pit with the lion and we're still acting as if we are. And that is what then stifles life. And so I think, you know, back to the beginning of this conversation, we are meant to feel. So the first thing you have to accept and allow that. And when something doesn't feel right, then you take a time out, which is appropriate you know, which I didn't always do. I would run in. And even when I was, I lived no pain, no gain. I lived it. If I didn't feel pain, I'm like, oh, I'm not gaining. Where is it? And so I was, and I heard everyone say, step out of your comfort zone. So I'm like, give it to me. I'll take it all. Oh, you know, and, and oh man, did it hurt. And, and many times I was feeling pain and I should have listened. Right. And it was actually telling me, don't, Steve, don't do that. You know, like people are begging me, don't do that, Steve, don't. And, uh, you know, I did it to prove myself and there, there was a lot of growth in there. So it wasn't a zero. Yeah. Did I grow? You, you do, but at what cost? And so I think that's, I just, I'm saying these scenarios because I've lived it so I can personally share my experience, but also to just notice if I would have slowed down. I would have said, oh, okay, I see why that's not the right way. And I can see how that's going to hurt. And now by stepping back, I can see there's another road that's going to get me where I want to go that doesn't have nails all over it and rattlesnakes and big boulders and trees that fell over. You can actually go down that road. And, oh my gosh. So, but then, but then to add the layer to this conversation, then I still have to have ten tenacity to actually go on either of the roads, right? And instead of just staying where I am. So that's the that's what we're trying to like slow down on in this conversation, which I think we are, we're articulating that, but I just wanted to, you know, extrapolate it even further. It's like, okay, yeah, we're gonna have the feeling of not taking action, you know, stay where we are, don't do anything different. And then we're gonna have to also have the discernment of, oh, I want to go on this thing, but then is it right? You know, I mean, even to your point, Melissa, about going to the Bahamas, if you knew that you didn't get along with this person and that you're like, really didn't like their friends, like, I, and it, you, we can love all humans. We, we also, we include that. That's one of another part of our values to love everyone. You can love someone, but you don't have to hang out with them. Like, you know, there's a difference. Like if you know, it's going to cause you pain. And you're bit, yeah. But, but if you're like, well, I don't know them. So, and, and I have no reason to believe like they're a really nice person and they're offering this trip to me. Most likely it's going to be fine. So I'm just scared because of the uncertainty. And, and what's weird though, is, I mean, first of all, who would throw away a trip to the Bahamas? I mean, first of all, Second of all, I mean, no matter who's there, honestly, <laughs> that's like my happy place. But I was really noticing at the time, and I know I was working with Steve, and I was like, why am I so nervous about doing, you know, but I think it was just me realizing that it was just me, you know, like I can't call my husband anymore, and I'm nervous about doing things that, you know, it's like you have that kind of uh, safety, yeah. you know, in your partner. And then when they're no longer there, you just kind of are like, you know, you're kind of a little lost and disoriented and obviously still grieving and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's like learning how to walk again. Like you don't know 
when my father passed away, I knew how I felt. But it was way different when my husband died. And I was like, wow, this is like totally different. And it also makes you just appreciate how short life really is. It's such a different thing because it was someone that was your sounding board and all that and someone that you made decisions together as a team. So you're deci- so even in that, so like a whole nother layer to this conversation because you made decisions together and now that decision is even further put on you. I can't remember. Did you go on that trip? Oh, the- absolutely. Okay. I sure did. Yeah. And, and then that led to more trips because then you went to yeah. Africa and you did a number of trips. Went to London, that. Italy, France. I was like all over the place. That was the thing that kicked it off was the Bahama trip. Bahamas was your gateway, your gateway drug yes, into, it into was. traveling. It and was. was it with was it with the same group of women that you went no. to all those? Okay. No. And and you know, I mean, I have a sorority sister that I travel with a lot, but I definitely switch up. I have like different groups of people that I go with. And, you know, even in Newport Beach, I was telling Stephanie, I was down there with another group of ladies and, you know, my happy place is the beach. So we had a ball. I love all this. Thank you so much all for sharing. So I want to, I want to spin another question into this. So now after all these stories and after all these things happening that we're sharing, what do you do now? Now, knowing all of what we've said, how do you discern? How? What do you do when the feelings show up? And I don't know if anybody has a couple stories, like when the feelings showed up and then, yeah, it was a comfort zone and you decided to lean into it, as you said, Melissa, lean into it. Or when you noticed, oh, this isn't for me and you got the heck out of there. Maybe sharing some of those stories, because I think by zooming in and slowing down, we can help other people see how they can make these decisions. So I'm just uh, completely curious. How do you do it? You're right. I am kind of still going through it in the moment, but there's been lots of moments like leading up to it, you know, leaving the hometown and then even traveling here and trying to get settled and all the moving pieces, trying to get to like a feeling of being comfortable. And like there's doubts and fears that that crept up like sometimes daily throughout that. And then it's interesting and depends on, you know, how much you believe in that. But for me, I had to look for like the the stability or like the signs. And there were so many signs that I was going the right way and doing the right thing. Just little things that maybe I wouldn't have picked up on if I didn't really know to look for that stuff. But I mean, really silly things like even, you know, walking down the street the couple days before we moved out of my town and all of a sudden there was this new flyer up or this new like banner at the school. And it said like hummingbird music school while I was moving to hummingbird lane. So this sounds silly. And like just so many different little things like that, like that popped up almost every day where it was like things that were sort of guiding me, like, okay, you're going the right direction. Like you're doing the right things. And there was lots, (laughs) there was like so many. And so for me, I just really tried to not, I wasn't even looking for things, but there was stuff that popped up, whether it was things that people said to me, things that I saw, things that kept happening that just made me, even though I was kind of scared or nervous or anxious or whatever that might be, that told me that I was going in the right direction. That really just like solidified the choices that I had made. But yeah, I don't know. I think there's a big difference between what you said, like the no pain, no gain versus stepping out of your comfort zone. It's different. So that's even something that we could probably slow down on, right? Like, okay, you're stepping outside your comfort zone. People might think that's like, go for the pain or, you know, it's going to hurt to get to the other side. That's not, I think what we're saying. It's more, I think you have to think what's beyond that, like what's beyond that choice, right? Like I wasn't setting myself up for financial ruin or I wasn't moving into a bad neighborhood or a place where my kids couldn't go to school. You know, there was none of that stuff that was going to be bad. It was just totally totally new. So I think, yeah, I don't know the reminders. And if you don't see signs and if that stuff doesn't pop up for you, then to even have your own sort of list of like, here's why I'm doing these things. Like, here's why I'm making the choices that I'm making. Here's what I'm going towards. So just try to keep that like front and center, I guess. And then continue to just be grateful for all the things that happened along the way. Like there was stuff that didn't go right. And I just really had to lean into my gratitude practice to kind of keep myself centered because 
when you're in your feelings like that, sometimes you can't see, you know, sometimes they cloud you. So you have to focus on like, what is that focal point? I don't know if that makes sense, but. Well, yeah, just to extrapolate that a little further, your gratitude practices. So like if something didn't go well the way you wanted or even directed, and I, and I know, cause I know you like, but there's certain houses that you thought, oh, I want that house. And then it didn't work out. It was guiding you to this house, you know, right? So, so maybe explain what you meant by your gratitude practice. Yeah, I think the real estate journey is interesting and it was new for me, but you know, you get really, it's a lot, it's stressful, it's an emotional, like up and down, you get really excited about something and then it doesn't end up working out. And I think if I didn't have some of the training that we have, or I didn't have a gratitude practice, I could have gotten really upset or defeated or really pushed too, too hard to make something work and like fit into, you know, round peg, square hole kind of thing, because it was something that I wanted. And I was trying to go towards something that was so important. But when things didn't work out, it was like, okay, I'm grateful for that. Like this one house that I really wanted, it didn't work out, but it brought me to the neighborhood that I really fell in love with. And then there was another house that didn't work out, but if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have driven down this street. So it was like all these things that sort of brought me here. And so I think as I kept, I was, I was getting no's or roadblocks or whatever it was, I just tried to not get too invested in that or too upset because something didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to. And then it, like looking back, I'm like, oh my God, all those things that happened brought me to right here, which is exactly where I want to be. And in terms of a gratitude practice, I think you can practice it as stuff like that comes up. But I started like in my morning routine, just, you know, feeling into all the things that I was grateful for, like a number of things, like so more than normal, <laughs> like more than I would normally do. Just focusing on, I think I have a sign or something, a piece of art that says like, when you're grateful for what you have, you have everything you need. Like you don't need more. Yeah. Thank you. How about the rest of you? How do you notice the difference in these, the feelings that are telling you to stop that you actually should stop because it's a good signal. And then the ones where you're having that feeling and it's the ones you need to lean into. How, how have you started to notice the difference? Well, I think for me, I come from a really a life working in risk. So to me, I, when I think about stepping outside of my comfort zone, I'm always thinking about, well, what's the worst thing? What's the bad thing that can happen, you know? And so being able to manage risk is just kind of part of who I am. But I think what is really interesting is when you start to really, I mean, the, the word that comes to my mind is when you step it out of your comfort zone, you begin to have growth. And so for me, it was while gratitude it was definitely a part of my journey, it was the growth component where I said, you know, what, you know, I could learn, I could meet new people. And, you know, it's kind of like somebody asked me years ago, like, if you had an opportunity to sit down with Warren Buffett, like, what would you ask him? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But then it was like, well, what if you could sit next to somebody else who's maybe, maybe they have half of what Warren Buffett has or, you know, a quarter or whatever. I probably could come up with a question. You know what I mean? And so a lot of times we have to get ourselves ready and make sure we're able to grow into where we want to be. To me, you can't do that by doing the same thing you've been doing. You have to do something different in order for you to grow and see how far you can go in your purpose. And so for me, it was always kind of like growth because I knew I had been so used to being, you know, this couple married 25 years, whatever. And now it was like, okay, you're on your own, you know, like yeah. figure it out. And I knew I just had to, I had to create that growth for myself and just doing different things and being okay with, with the growth process. Thank you, Melissa. How about you, Giovanni? How do you notice, or even if you're still working on it, how do you notice the difference between your comfort zone and then those feelings that are actually directing you away from something that is not good for you? I've literally been trying to think of this the whole time we've been on this podcast. I'm like, what? Because like I 
actually wrote down earlier notes for myself was like transitions of life. Cause I noticed when I was younger, I was more of like, oh yeah, let's just go do it. See what happens. Like something new. I'm like, let's just do it. Like, you know, I'll figure it out. Like it's okay. And I've, as I've gotten older, I've noticed like it's a little more hesitant, but it's still there. If something scares me or push me back, I'm like, oh, okay, I should probably just go do this. Like I should just try it. Like, cause what's going to happen? Unless it's dealing with numbers. And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> numbers, that's it. Everything else, but numbers, I'm like, ah, oh, man. So I'm trying to think of like stuff like that. Cause Stephanie, Melissa, they're like, you know, Stephanie's like super organized and like has the plans. And Melissa's like, the, she's talking about the risk. And I'm like, I don't, I can't, I don't think of those things. I'm like, yeah, oh, let's just kind of do like, I'm like, okay, am I going to die? Probably not. So I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's try it. Like, I'll, I'll do it. Somebody's like, hey, you want to go skydiving? Yeah, sure, let's go. Why, why not? It scares me. Like, like, I'm like, that's kind of scary, but yeah, let's do it. Like, why not? Maybe I haven't analyzed it enough myself to, to really. Yeah. So you, so it's easy for you to get out of your comfort it. zone, but then how do you notice feelings that don't feel good that are directing you? So the other side of it, then do you notice when things don't feel right or okay? And then, and maybe in the past you just kind of kept going, but now you're like, oh, something's off. I got to rethink things. Do you notice that now? I think I do recognize the feelings of like, oh, that's probably not good. At the same time though, it's like, it's always worked out. I've noticed and I've pushed through. And maybe if at the moment I had a better, better decision, right? Like we said, we always have, we're always choosing the best option we have on our menu at the time, right? No matter what we're going through, we're always choosing the best option we have. But it's like during those moments, I did have those feelings like, ah, this probably doesn't feel too good. And you push through, then it's like, okay, I can try something different next time or I can have that feeling. But it's like always worked out. And so I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, man, I think I probably, I probably got to sit yeah. with it, you know, more to, to dissect what it is. But it's like the other thing I wrote down earlier too was like labels, like what we label things, right? And you've said this before, right? There's no such thing as good or bad, right? It's whatever we just label it. There's people out there like, no, there's certain things that are pretty bad. And it's hard to to take like, yeah, the, I mean, if you label something bad, it's going to be bad. If you label something good, it's going to be good or or not. So it's like, what are you labeling this thing that you're going through? Because I mean, if you talk to the most successful people financially or whatever, who are really high up there, you ask them like, hey, what's like the biggest pain or failure you've had? And you're like, well, they'll just, they'll spin it, right? Like say, hey, this is a thing, but then he spun it into a way that it, it help them project themselves, right? Because like if they didn't go through this big pain, they wouldn't be who they are today, kind of a thing. So maybe I'm just trying but, to script no, the question. You're, but you're just absolutely right. And, and you <laughs> might be the best out of all of us to navigate that. Because, I mean, because even that's where you always say in your story, like you didn't want to be like everyone else. You're like, even you thought like, what's wrong with me? You would say to yourself because you didn't want to do it that way. So maybe you just naturally have listened to your, inner voice better than all of us on this podcast. And so that's allowed you not to have a big dissonance that's super clear cut the way the rest of us have, you know? So, which is a blessing, you know, and, and see that's good or bad too. Cause even you put a label on yourself, like, oh, this is bad for me, but really look at all this great things you gained out of it. And I think that is absolutely true. Like as you know, even something crazy like me being paralyzed, people could label that as all bad. And that was like the most horrible thing in my life. But I could say it's also the best part of my life because it's made decisions right now in my life that I wouldn't have made that I absolutely am cherishing, like, you know, some of the best gifts in my life. So how is that possible, right? Like something that could be labeled as like the worst thing and the worst time of your life could also be the best time of my life. So there is no all bad and there is no all good. It goes back to like all dark or all light. It's the same thing. There's, there's not that, you know, maybe something more will come out of that, but it just seems like maybe it's not as, there's not as much contrast. You know how like it's when it's dark and light, it's easy to see the difference. When you get into those gray areas, it's harder to see. And I think you live in that, which is good. It's a healthy, probably like, right. I don't know. Anybody else want to chime in on that? I was just going to say with Giovanni, it's kind of like whatever comes up, he's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, let's, you know, but Giovanni's like, eh, it'll be fine. Let's just do it. I mean, it actually is quite <laughs> inspiring because he'll just be like, 
just go with it, you know? And a lot of people, it's like that second, that second thought, like, oh no, I can't do this. But Giovanni's brain is not wired that way. He's like, yeah, let's run into the fire, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily always the best thing, but it's like a literal fire. I'll be like, let's, let's take a look at this for a second. Um, yeah. But, say, well, and you also learn quicker because you're like, okay, but, let's uh, try that out. Yeah. And then you come back and say, okay, that didn't work the way I thought. Let's do it different the next time. And so you iterate, right? So that's what like Scrum and Agile software design they they are like known for it's not like having two years of planning they want to like put a timer on that planning for like one week and then go for it and then come back and plan again and then go for it and then plan again and that they've been able to like outperform other software companies it mainly started in software development but now people are using agile and scrum in all kinds of development and so that's basically in a way you're like the, you know, you're just a natural agile scrum, Giovanni. You just, just do it, reassess, do it again, reassess, do it again. My mind, just, like it's, it runs so fast. I'm yep. like, I don't think it has time to, to really process things and just like kind of go mode. It's just like, it just, like I remember when Michelle, one of our NLP teachers and mentors, she was giving an example of like, you know, pacing and like people talking and I usually tend to go at a faster pace and I like hearing things at a faster pace. And she like slowed down to like, she's like, some of you are going to find this really painful. And she's like, it was just like turtle, like, like every single word. And I was like, in myself, I'm like, come on, Michelle, I'm picking up. Like it, it, it got to me. I was like, okay. Like, so I think that's what it is. Like my mind is just going I'm like, okay, we should like fast pace kind of a thing. Like, and then it's just like, okay, we'll just figure things out. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, like things scare me and I do like see things, but it's just like from my experience. And this is what the transition I was talking about. Like when I was younger, is a lot more now that I'm a little bit older and are older and, and have a kid now, like I, I kind of see myself holding back. And I think in my younger years, I was late to the game for a lot of things, right? I was put when I was younger, I was put in, in the box of having a learning development challenges, right? Of going to like need to, in Utah, I think it's they call resource. So I had to go to an extra class to help me catch up with things. And so I think all my life, I've, I've kind of always been on that ladder part of, of learning. And then I was always trying to catch myself up like, oh, I need to be more like these people. And so like when I was younger in my 20s and stuff like that, I was still trying to catch up to like what was, you know, putting the labels on myself and like what it meant to be to like work and all of these things that where I naturally was just like my natural tendencies, which just didn't fit the mold of what society tells us to do the nine to five kind of this thing. Right. But then I started catching up and was like started putting myself into those labels and those boxes and like. And now since meeting you, Steve, honestly, and it's like, hey, no, you can actually go and like, man, that's how I used to think. Like, that's how I used to be back then. But then I put all this armor and all this crap on me. And now I'm just trying to get back to like the way I used to be originally, how I used to thought. Just like, oh, like it took me, I'm 40 now. Like it's taken me the last 10 years working with you, you know, really like deep dive. Like I'm in deep dive. I'm spent thousands of thousands of dollars to work on all those layers I thought I had to put on myself to be like what the world wanted me to be. And like, I'm, I feel like I'm just now getting back to yeah. like the old, yeah. the original me. Right? I love that, Giovanni, uh -huh. you know, cause I thought when I first started investing in myself and I too spent th hundreds of thousands, I thought it was beca to become better, to be a better person. And things do get better, but it's not what I thought. I actually had to do all the work to let go of all the things I thought it was supposed to be. So I could just be me. That's the work, right? That, Cause you already are you. And then we let society and family situations and all these things determine what we think we're supposed to do, put on us from someone else. And you're the only person, you're the only person deep down in your heart that knows what you're supposed to do, like that's going to light you up. And that's why it's feelings. This is a great way to end our session here, Giovanni. So thanks for teeing this up. It's the feeling inside of you that you knew. That's why I like, even that's why I feel how relieving and even on your face, watching you on this, on, as the video while we're recording this, you're the relief on your face. And you're like, that's all I was. Oh, it's, I could be that guy again. Yes, please. You know, it's like, yeah, that felt so good. It felt so right. Why is that? That goes back to the feelings. The joy and the bliss are on purpose. You know, 
our body wasn't designed and created to feel horrible to live. Like the reason it feels good is because it's supposed to. <laughs> like go figure. Like go figure. Like of all things, if you and even if you want to get scientific about it, because obviously that feels that's gets a bit spiritual. But even if you want to get scientific, just look at the miracle of biology. Things were created to work. They just work. So I guess what we're all saying here is give yourself pause, love yourself enough to feel and notice. And then it's okay to take the time to extrapolate what's going on and then make the best decision. And then even to Giovanni's point, even if you make the decision and it doesn't work out so well, then you choose again, right? You just, that's what learning is, right? Choosing, trying it out and then choose again, try it out, choose again. That it just works. It just works. So, you know, notice your feelings and make decisions, you know, adding feelings in there. I, in closing on this, I, I remember some business people when I was a lot younger and they actually said, if you're making any decisions on feelings that you're not doing good business, you know, it's, it's all logic. And, and I thought they were right. I looked up to them. I'm like, Oh, that's it. And then as I got you know, deeper and deeper into my own life. I'm like, that's, that's not okay. <laughs> that's just not okay. Like these feelings are here for a reason. You know, that's like saying, I'm not going to use my left arm ever again. Well, why the hell do you have a left arm? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, um, there's a good reason to have two arms if you have it, you know, and some people don't have two arms, then they make something else, you know, uh, work in their life. You know, hopefully you chose to do with work with what you have basically, is I think what we're saying, and be you, be authentically you. So beautiful. I want to ask so many more questions, but obviously we'll have more time on another podcast. I'm so uh, grateful to have the three of you with me. Thank you, Giovanni, Melissa, and Stephanie. It's a pleasure to do this podcast with you. I always look forward to these every week. I gain from just having these conversations. So I really hope that you as a listener out there in the audience are are having gains and you're finding joy and and learning through this. And so please let us know, please, you know, if you really like this, write a review, it helps us reach more people and we can make a better place on this, on this earth. That's part of our, our mission. And then let us know questions, please message us, follow us on different social media platforms and engage in the conversation. We really, 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 we mean it, right? Everyone, we mean it. We want to hear from you. <laughs> so please, please do that. Until our next episode, as always, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.